0: Take your Bibles, if you would, this morning and go with me over to the book of Hebrews, chapter number three, excuse me, chapter number 13. And if you're able to stand this morning for the reading of the scriptures, the song that she just sang is something that all of us should be grateful for, God withholding from us what we really deserve. It's called mercy the mercy of God. And this morning we have for our text out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, one verse, and then we have other scripture we'll look at this morning. But if you look at this verse this morning, and let's do something we normally don't do on Sunday mornings, let's read this verse together. Hebrews 13, verse number six, all right? Let's begin. So that we may boldly say... The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Let's read that one more time so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Bless the word of God this morning. Lord, speak to hearts. And Lord, I pray that we would see this morning that you are all we need and Lord we ask that you would work speak to each that are here this morning may your will be done in Jesus name we pray amen you may be seated thank you for standing our theme this year is choose we have talked about various ways and areas in our lives that we need to make choices Today is yet another one of those opportunities, because life is based on the choices that we make. And this morning, I want to encourage you from the Word of God, as God encouraged me this week about choosing to be courageously bold, not just bold. There's a lot of people in this world that are bold in certain areas, but courageously bold. And I love what the Bible says, we just read it, so that we may boldly say, and what are we boldly going to say? The Lord is my helper. God is my helper. And I'm not going to fear what man shall do unto me. Many people live their lives in constant fear. I see it every day. I see it in the news, people I talk to. People who, instead of doing this, or instead of doing that, or instead of doing the will of God, they're afraid of what man may do to them, what man may say to them, or maybe what somebody might say about them. And fear tends to grip our lives. But I am convinced when I study the scriptures that God has intended The Christian life to be one of victory and not defeat. God wants us to live on the victory side of life. After all, our victory is in Jesus. If you're saved this morning, you already have the victory because of what Jesus has done for you. But so many live defeated lives. If the challenge is less than you or I are able to bear, then the victory really is nothing more than what you and I can accomplish. But remember what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Aren't you glad that God provides that help? that God gives us the victory, that God is there. He is our helper. He is an ever-present help in a time of need. Most people, most of us, live our lives. And here's how we live our lives. We live our lives with a challenge uh, of the fact that, uh, the challenge of whose stature is not greater than our own. In other words, Lord, don't make it something bigger than I can handle, but can I remind you what the Old Testament prophet said As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes things seem so big, so insurmountable. I don't know how I'll get through this, and I don't know how I'll get over this, and what we tend to do many times, because of fear, is to never take a step forward. Uh, Years ago, Somebody uh, heard Babe Ruth say this statement, don't let the fear of striking out hold you back. The man certainly knew what it meant to hit home runs, but if you look at the stats, he struck out a whole lot more than he hit home runs. But he didn't let it hold him back, and I heard about how that Uncle Oscar, he was apprehensive about his first airplane ride. I mean, he was scared to death to get on one of those airplanes and go for a ride, and his friends began to encourage him and said, look, it's not that big a deal, but he finally got on an airplane. They were amazed that he did, and they were eager to find out how things went, whether or not he enjoyed the flight, and they said, well, how did it go? And he said, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I'll tell you this, I never put all my weight down. You know, Oscar, he just wasn't sure about it. But you know, the Bible says the fear of man, the fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Are you trusting the Lord today? So many areas of life that God wants you to trust him. Look, if God saved you, then certainly God can keep you, right? If God saved you, God can provide for you. Look, folks, we have to learn to trust God in every area of our lives. Recently, we were challenged as men because we uh, heard the story put together in a couple different ways about the life of Peter, and as those disciples were on board the ship in the Sea of Galilee, and a storm came up, and they saw someone or something walking on the water, and and, and Peter uh, got out of that boat, and Peter began to walk on the water towards Jesus. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Peter saw the wind, and he saw the waves, but something gave him the, co- the courage, the boldness to step out of that boat. Yeah, he began to sink, but as he did, the Lord held him up. The Lord lifted him up. But see, I'm glad that uh, I can look to instances like that. Peter made many mistakes in his life. But Peter didn't let fear keep him in the boat. Peter said, look, I I need to be courageously bold for the Lord in my life. And God's plan for victory in in the lives of his people, the nation of Israel, God detailed that very specifically. God had prepared a place for them called the Promised Land. And Moses, the man of God, was reminded of God's plan. Look with me this morning in Deuteronomy chapter number 9, where the Bible records, hear, O Israel. Thou art to pass over Jordan this day, to go into a, a, to possess nations uh, greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to heaven, a people great and tall, the children of the Anakims whom thou knowest and of whom thou hast heard say who can stand before the children of Anak. Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee. As a consuming fire, he shall destroy them, and he shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord hath said unto thee. Hey, look, God had to remind Moses that the victory was already theirs. What they had to do was they had to go in and claim the, the, the land. They had to trust God, and God was reminding not only Moses, but God's people. Now, what I love about that detailed promise is God never promised that it would be smooth sailing. Matter of fact, he didn't paint a rosy picture for Israel regarding the strength of the people that they were going to face. Look at what it says here in your notes because even in in these couple verses, I want you to look at verse number two again because the Bible says, A people great and tall, the children of the Anakims, whom thou knowest and of whom thou hast heard say, who could stand before the children of Anak? What's after the word Anak? What's it called? Three of you passed English in school. All right. It's a punctuation mark called an exclamation point. All right. In other words, God's drawing attention here. He's putting an exclamation on the fact that this, these people, the Anakims, that they were a fearsome foe. These were people not to be messed with. They were some that. Many had, they struck fear in the hearts of people, and God was reminding Israel repeatedly, and how would you like this, that your enemies, the ones that you're going to face, they're bigger than you are, and they're stronger than you are. Now, my dad used to always tell me, my dad never taught me uh, go out and pick fights, but my, my dad always told me, he said, son, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. My dad... My dad taught me a lot of things. I don't know if it's good, bad, or whatever, but my dad said, son, don't, don't ever start a fight, but he says, if someone starts one, you just make sure you finish it. That's what my dad, that was my advice, and I got in trouble a couple of times because of that advice, but, but here's the thing is is that God was trying to help them understand. Look, he wasn't painting some rosy picture. In other words, God wasn't uh, leading them into something that when they got there, they'd say, "Well, we didn't know it was gonna be like this. We didn't know these people were going to be this ferocious, this fearsome. We didn't know that it was going to be these people that were greater than we are, that are bigger than we are, that are stronger than we are. Look what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 4. To drive out nations from before thee greater and mightier than thou art. Deuteronomy 7.1 one. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and has cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Gergeshites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and any of the other it brothers, seven nations, he says, and all of them, every last one of them, are greater and mightier than thou. Deuteronomy eleven twenty three. Then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you and ye shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Boy, it's not real. Uh, It's not a confidence builder sometimes knowing that, hey, listen, how many times is God going to tell us that these people are bigger than we are? These people are stronger than we are. These people are mightier than we are. And look, if you start to listen to it long enough, now understand God is the one, but there was no intention on God's part to deceive his people. God was being honest with them. He was being transparent. He was trying to help them understand the reality of the mighty enemy that they would face. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. No matter what you face in life, no matter what your enemy is, it's always bigger than you are. It's always stronger than you are. And you think to yourself, I don't know how in the world that I'm going to defeat this. Now, it may not be a Goliath. But whatever it is, it's something because of the size of it, because of the strength of it, it brings fear into your heart. And you know what happens when you have fear in your heart? You do not live a victorious life. You live a defeated life. We tend to shrink from the terrors in our lives. Bigger giants than us. The people's conclusion when God just kept telling them over and over again, and by the way, don't blame the children of Israel because we're all guilty of this. When we see those things that we face in life, we come to the same sad conclusion that since the giants are bigger than we are, since they are stronger than we are, then victory is not possible. And thus we, we shrink underneath of that. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 13, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it, it's a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Folks, many today face the giant of fear. And just like the army of Israel in David's day, what happens is, is fear will paralyze us. Fear keeps us from doing what God wants us to do with the life that he's given to us. And certainly God doesn't want us to live in fear. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. God's given us power, love, a sound mind. God wants us to have a victorious life and so what is it that is necessary for us to move forward? Can I tell you this morning it's the exact same thing that the army of Israel needed in their day? Courage. You and I need courage. To face the, the giants of our day, courage begins with a surrender to God's sovereignty and trusting in God's strength not in the strength of the giant not in the strength of what we're facing look God knows what he is doing and by the way God has the strength to do it God knows exactly what he's doing and Joshua was reminded in his day that God knew what he was doing when when uh, he had to put confidence in the Lord Look what the Bible says again in Joshua chapter 1, after his predecessor had passed away, God reminded him the same thing that he reminded Moses. He said, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand, or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest, have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. What's those next three words? Be not afraid. afraid. Now let me ask you this morning, was that just for Joshua? Was it just for Moses? I believe it's for every one of us. We certainly are not the nation of Israel, but are we not God's people? Are you not a child of God? Then why do we live in fear? Why do we let fear paralyze us to where we cannot have a victorious life? I don't know about you, but I get aggravated at myself from time to time when I live defeated. I find myself from time to time saying, why am I here? I understand that that thing is bigger and stronger than I am. But I've got a God that is bigger than anything that I face. I see here in the scriptures how Joshua was a man that understood that he needed to not be afraid, not be dismayed. Why? Because the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You know what that means? Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Everywhere you go. And you know, you think about Joshua this morning. Where did Joshua get the courage? Where did he become so bold and courageous for God? Well, same place we can. Joshua's courage came from the power of God. He'd seen God work in a, powerful way in his life, and his courage came from the power of God. His courage came from the presence of God. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something. If I knew God was with me, I'll tell you what, I'd charge hell with a squirt gun if I knew God was with me. But Joshua's courage also came from the promise of God. God promised him. He says, look, he says, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Joshua, you go ahead. Don't let fear stop you from doing what God wants you to do with your life. You just need to understand that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And so this morning, I want you to see from the life of David, a young David. And most of what we'll look at this morning is in 1 Samuel chapter 17, I've included some of that, but if you want to turn in your Bibles this morning, you could pick up the story this morning. But I, I want to think about this morning about being courageously bold for the Lord. And I want you to see, first of all, that courage denied stops. When courage is denied, what happens is there's a stoppage. To stop something means to halt, to hinder something to interrupt something, and God was trying to do something. Remember, God had promised them the land, and God had told them, look, I know that they're bigger than you are, but understand that I am with you, that I will help you, that I will go before you, but they forgot that. They forgot how God had promised them that, and you come on this scene where the the army of Israel is, is, is in this valley called the Valley of Elah, and you can see this whole thing. Uh, we had the privilege about a month ago to stand on top of one side of that valley. And I remember standing there as, as we were told that this side of the, the valley is where the, the, the Philistine army was, was assembled and how that they were there. And, and, of course, they had their big mouth giant, Goliath. And how on the far side of that valley... We can see an area right there. We were told that was probably where the the army of Israel was camped out there. That They were trying to figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to handle this. And it's interesting that the great army of Israel was paralyzed by one person. They were afraid of one man. Now, he wasn't a small man. He was a big man. One of the sons of Anak. But here they are, and I can... I stood there and I thought to myself, I could see that as I thought about the scriptures. And the Bible records in verse 11 of chapter 17, when Saul and all Israel, by the way, Saul was the one in charge. Saul was the one that they were looking to. Saul was the one that should have said, hey, look, I think we can because God's on our side. But the Bible says, when Saul and all the Israel heard those words of the Philistine." They were dismayed and greatly afraid. See, I see here that Saul's fear, and that's what it was. Because the leader of God's people wouldn't do anything. No one else would either. I mean, Saul is, is paralyzed with his fear. I, I, I started to look through, and you know it's amazing? They have a fear of just about everything. I mean, I don't know if, if you've ever experience some of these, and I may not pronounce them right, but these are real fears, and I'm not poking fun, but there is a a, a suraphobia. It's a fear of mice. Suraphobia. You you have a feloncrophobia is the fear of becoming bald. I like my hair. uh, Nicolophobia is the fear of darkness. Acrophobia is the fear of high places Macrophobia is the fear of long waits. I think I have that at every stoplight here in the area. (laughs) Xenophobia is the fear of strangers. Lakinophobia is the fear of vegetables. I had that growing up. I know I did. Here's one here. Homilophobia. It's the fear of sermons. I just made that one up. Some of you have that, I know it. But you know what the children of Israel had? They had gathophobia. They had fear of giants. I made that one up too. But you think about this, is that people are afraid of everything. They're afraid of their shadow. People are afraid of everything. And the Bible says in verse 23 of chapter 17, that as he talked with them, behold, there came up, of the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words. And David, here's this little shepherd boy. Remember how he got there? His daddy sent him out there, right? They needed some food. And his old brother says, look, I know your naughtiness. I know why you're out here. But David, look, he went there to run an errand for his dad. The Bible says David's there, the whole army of Israel's there, nobody's doing anything, Saul's not doing anything, the army's not doing anything, but David heard the words, the very same words that everybody else heard. David heard those, and the Bible says, All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. David's seeing everything just like they are. And here's these great warriors we were part of the army of Israel and yet Goliath listen now and I'm not again I'm not making fun he presented a legitimate threat to Israel but he was not a legitimate threat to God I mean this this was just a mere man didn't matter how tall he was didn't matter what it was understand this morning that God is greater the presence of fear does not mean You have no faith, fear visits everyone, but make your fear a visitor and not a resident. A lot of times people have fears, and listen, courage denied stops. But notice secondly, courage demonstrated spurs. Courage demonstrated when somebody will finally say, listen, I'm just going to trust God. I just believe that God is able. I just believe that, listen, he might be bigger, he might be stronger, whatever it is I'm facing, I know with God's help, I will make it through this. God will give me the victory. David heard the taunting of this heathen giant, and again, so did all of Israel, the army. And look, folks, this morning, the task may be something that might look humanly impossible, But just like Joshua, David knew that the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And David had seen God work in his life in the past. And David believed that if God did it in the past, that God can do it in the present. God was working there to remind him of that. And the Bible says in verse 37, David said, now look at these words. The Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion... And out of the paw of the bear and he will everybody see that look there was no doubt in david's mind now did david know how it was all going to happen i don't really know at this point i just know this he had that much confidence in god that he was not going to let something keep him from doing what god wanted him to do and he says that god delivered me in the past out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto the David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. I mean, you can just see this. Here's the great leader of the army of Israel, and he says, Sounds good. Go get it. That's really what he said. You know, if you think you can do it, go for it. It's interesting because I was reading how years ago, the famed World War II tank commander, General George Patton, said this, courage is fear holding on a minute longer. If you give in to your fears, you're on the path to defeat. If instead you stand strong in spite of your fears, you're on the path to victory. David didn't give in to the fear. I mean, David saw the same guy that everybody else saw But you know what David saw that they didn't see? He saw how big his God was. They were looking at the giant. David was looking at his God. David said that all the earth may know that there is a God in heaven. David says, look, I'm not going to let this fear, I'm not going to let this giant... Keep me from doing what God wants me to do. And you and I, we must never forget that we are not in the battle alone. David knew that he wasn't there by himself. Listen, just like Joshua, just like Moses, God says, I will be with thee whithersoever thou goest. And folks, when you face something tomorrow, when you face something this year, when you face something next year, can I tell you that he will go through it with you, that you will not face it alone, that God is bigger than anything that you face. And David had confidence in the sovereignty of God, even in the face of danger and difficulty. Look what the Bible says, because David, it's an interesting thing, how David makes a choice. David's choice of weaponry, it wasn't what we would call conventional. It was actually intentional. The Bible says in verse 38, Saul armed David with his armor. And he put on a helmet of brass upon his head. He also armed him with a coat of mail. David girded his uh, sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go. I mean, look, I, I, I I don't. I'm not going to try to paint a picture that I don't believe is accurate or true. But David wasn't a big man. The Bible describes him as a ruddy man. Uh, He was not big of stature. He certainly wasn't Saul's size. Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else, and Saul was a pretty good sized guy. But he wasn't as big as Goliath was, and and Saul says, I'll tell you what, David, if you're going to go out there, listen, I'm behind you. I'll be right behind you, David, when you go. But I'll tell you what, you can't go out there all alone. You've got to have something to help you because this guy's going to end your life. So I'll tell you what, since you're going to go in my stead, it's not a good leader, uh, I'll let you take my armor. And you can just see Saul, this man that's pretty good stature, trying to put all this, this armor on little bitty David. I mean, the stuff's hanging down, I mean, the coat of mail alone, I mean, you should, you should study it out, how heavy some of this stuff really was. And I, I don't think David was a weak person, but boy, when you haven't wore something like that for, uh, well, really ever in your life, and you try to put that on, I mean, it, 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 it'll keep you from being able to do anything. And so they try to put this on, and the Bible says he has to go. In other words, he tried to take a couple steps. I don't know, but maybe David was grunting, whatever it was. But David says, "Look, he." The Bible says he had not proved it, and David turns and he looks at Saul and he says, "I cannot go with these." He says, "For I have not proved them." David put them off. David says, "Look, I can't do this." And Saul's thinking to himself, "Look, son, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't look, can, do you get it this morning? What Saul was trusting in? Saul was trusting in that armor. Saul was trusting in." something that was of man instead of trusting in God. In other words, Saul was saying, David, you have to have this. You need this because if you don't have this, your life's going to be over. And I love David's attitude because the Bible says David put them off and he took his staff in his hand. He was a shepherd boy. You know what his staff was? It was familiar. God had been with David when the lion and the bear had come and tried to take some of the sheep and David maybe took that staff and beat off those animals ran them off he look it was something that had been proven listen has god proven himself in your life has god worked in your life in the past Look, don't trust in something new. So many churches today, it's like, listen, uh, because maybe it's not working, because people aren't coming to church, maybe we need to try this. Maybe we need to try that. Maybe we need to try to put this lighting in. Maybe we need to have this. Maybe we need to take out the pulpit and just kind of rap for a while and have the wrong kind of music. They want to try everything under the sun instead of just trusting in the living God to deliver them. So many times we want to trust in the wrong things, just like Saul. And David says, look, I, I just believe I'll, I'll, I'll take what I know works. And the Bible says he took the staff and he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Now, folks, again, I, I like to think about things and I like to think about how, you know, here's this army of Israel, and these, these men were mighty men of war. They had these swords and shields that probably outweighed David. And here's David saying, look, I, I, look, I appreciate it, Saul. Can't take that stuff. He says, I, I, I'm not even going to make it down here to meet the giant if I'm, if I'm wearing that. I, I believe I'm just going to take what I know works. And he grabs his staff, and then he picks up his weapon of choice. He picks up his sling. I did some studying about this shepherd's sling. And uh, to the best of my ability, I I built one of these. I'm going to see if I can kill a giant this morning. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Now, folks, look at this. You see what I'm holding in my hand? To the best of my knowledge, this is exactly what may not be the same material, but this is exactly what a shepherd's sling looks like. And can you imagine Saul, the army of Israel, with all their weaponry, all their shields, and they're looking at this shepherd boy with a string, a piece of maybe animal skin, and they're thinking, what are you going to do with that? You know, we're we're going to be holding your funeral later on, David. But this is exactly what God had allowed him to use in the past. I watched, uh, I I, I, I actually saw a guy using one of these. I tried last night. Unsuccessfully. And uh, I watched this guy, I, I watched the whole thing, it was about 10, 12 minutes long and the guy had a pretty good sized target, and you take this, and they, there's a couple different ways you can do it, you can do it like this here, or you can, you can just kind of go over it like this, and you, you have the loop here on this finger, and you hold this one, and when you come around, you release it like that, that's how it works. It's that simple, it's velocity. And I watched this guy over 200 times, tried to hit the target with this, and he said, I'm convinced that it's a poor weapon. (laughs) Now, do you know why it worked for David? Because God guided the stone. But you think about this, listen now, don't miss it. All those years out on the hillside, He had time. He had time to practice. It wasn't so he could become good with the sling. It was so that he could protect what God had placed in his care and keeping. Now, if I was going to use this, I'm missing something. I've got to have something. The Bible says David went down to the brook. We went to that brook. We were there with our tour guide and I said to him, I said, hey, look, I'd like to to go down to that brook and get some of those rocks. And when I said that, a bunch of people are standing around by me and they're like, yeah, let's go. And so we made the bus driver drive down there. He pulled over on the side. We went into that brook there, the same one that David went into. And we went in there and got stones out of that brook. And I just happened to have one. Right here, a giant killer. And I thought to myself, well, you know, this is my shepherd's bag right here. And I thought to myself, that's a pretty good sized rock right there, but wait a minute, it's a giant. I probably need a bigger one. Somebody's going, uh oh. Somebody better start praying right now. That's all I can say. Brother Greg, how you doing this morning? Right about there, when I went like that, everybody scattered right there. But you know, I, I, don't, I don't think Goliath moved. I don't think Goliath thought, that's not going to I mean, you coming to me with sticks? Is that the best you got? I'll tell you what Goliath didn't know that David had. He had God on his side. You know, David, David had the sling and he had a stone. And the Bible says that he grabbed the five smooth stones out of the brook and he put them in his, and his sling was in his hand. You know, when you look, when you think about David, look, Goliath, He had a misplaced confidence. Look what the Bible says where he found his courage. In 1 Samuel verse 41, the Philistine came on, and he drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about, and he saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistines said to David, come to me. And notice here, he doesn't say God will. He says, I will. Give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. You can easily see where the confidence of the giant was. That was bringing fear into the hearts of all of God's people. But I want you to see the contrast because look at David's confidence David's courage wasn't in himself, it wasn't. David didn't say, oh yeah, that's right. Well, guess what I'm going to do to you. That's not what he said to the giant. Look what it says in verse 45. David said, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. I mean, look, David just didn't say, hey, you know what? You're going to die. No, he went on and told him exactly. He said, I'm going to take your head, and I'm going to give your carcass to the host of the Philistines, uh, to the fowl of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there's a God in Israel, and all the assembly may know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hasted and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. Look, David didn't run from the obstacle. David ran toward the obstacle. You know why? Because he had courage in his God. And I'm going to tell you, whatever it is in your life, It's causing fear. Instead of running from it, you need to run towards it with your God's help. Remember what we read? Listen, God is my helper. That's what we read in Hebrews 13. The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Notice thirdly this morning, courage displayed stimulates that's exactly what happened here is that David what he did how like Peter and we we heard this on the men's advance how when Peter got out of that boat listen those other disciples that were following Jesus they were on the boat that Peter got out of when he walked on the water and when Peter walked on that water all those other disciples thought hey listen that's one of us if Peter can do it I wonder if we can do it and exactly what happened in David's life was when David grabbed that sling And when David told the giant, you're going down, and when David did what he did through the power of God, and God delivered in that rock, guided and took that giant down, you know what it did? It stimulated the army of Israel. They rose to action. Uh, They began to uh, be invigorated by what David had done through the power of God. Look, not only was David about to deliver a dose of courage to Goliath, but he was about to give some to the army of Israel as well. Look what the Bible says in verse number 49. Look what it says. David put his hand in his bag, and he took thence a stone, one stone, and he slang it. And he smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face on the earth. I mean, listen, can you hear the thuck, right? The giant goes down. I'll tell you one thing that happened. He shut the giant up, didn't he? Because that's all he'd been doing was cursing David's God. That's all he'd been doing was making fun and mocking the army of Israel. David hits this man right in the forehead. Providentially, God leads a stone and it struck him right in the head. Death blow. The man falls to the ground and there's silence. Everybody's looking around. Did, Did what happened just happen? David just... Killed the giant. And the Bible says here that he fell upon his face. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. Smote the Philistine, slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Remember, David had made a promise and here it is. Therefore, David ran... And he stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, took the sword of the Philistine and drew it out of the sheath thereof. Notice he never even got a chance to get his sword out of the sheath. And the Bible says he takes his own sword, he cuts off his head. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, what did they do? They fled. Now watch this. Here's the stimulation. The men of Israel... And of Judah arose. And they shouted and pursued the Philistines until they come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Shurim unto Gath and even unto Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines and they spoiled their tents. Hey, listen, are you seeing it this morning that when you realize that God is greater than anything you face, that you will not fear what man can do unto you, that it's really not about you, it's about your God. But when you take a step forward by faith, you know what's going to happen? Other people are going to say, look, if God can do it for him, God can do it for me. God gave the victory that day, not just to David, but to the army of Israel as well. Don't let anyone tell you that you're giant or giants aren't real. Certainly none of us are facing a Goliath today, but there are things that we are facing. And I wonder if fear is keeping you from having victory. Are you living a defeated life? Folks, I'm gonna tell you this morning, John Newton said it this way, how sweet the name Jesus sounds. In a believer's ear, it soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds, and drives away his fear. David, the sweet psalmist that we just read about this morning, one other place in his life, he wrote these words. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And here's the words again, for thou art with me. If you're saved this morning, God's with you. And there is nothing that you will face that is greater than your God, stronger than your God. And if you don't know him today, may you come and find him to be your helper, your savior, so that when you face things, that he can be there with you, just like he was there for David. Let's bow our heads this morning. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Being courageously bold. I wonder this morning, how many of you would say, Pastor, I know you don't know about things going on in my life. But God knows, and this morning, God has helped me to understand that I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live a defeated life because I have the Lord. How many of you could slip your hand up and say, God's with me today, and I know it? Oh, so many hands. Folks, I'm gonna tell you, just by the hands alone, it should help you to understand that you're not the only one this morning that is facing something. But may you and I be encouraged from the story, the life of David, that that giant may look big, but he's nothing in comparison to our God, our great God, our almighty God. And if you don't know him this morning, why don't you come to him this morning? He wants to be your help. He wants to help you with whatever it is that you're facing. Let's live a victorious life. Lord, thank you for this morning, the testimony that's true of the word of God. I pray that you'd help us. Lord, we don't need to have a sling and find some stones. We just need to trust in you. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Lord, I pray that if there's someone here this morning that does not know Christ, that today they would come and they would put their faith in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand with